Welcome to the Holistic Psychiatry Podcast. I'm Courtney Snyder, a physician and holistic adult and child psychiatrist. In this podcast, I'll discuss purpose, where and how we can find it, and how having a sense of purpose impacts our physiology and thus our health and well-being. I'll discuss obstacles to purposeful living, the difference between purpose and passion, and why we don't have to wait to get somewhere before living a purposeful life, but how we can instead align with the times and place we find ourselves. So what exactly do we mean by purpose? I like to think of it as the alignment of three particular areas. The first area being those natural gifts that we come by. So these could be abilities... These also, however, could be knowledge or experience that we've gained over time. So these could be things that we come by genetically or through our own learning process. The second would be things that we enjoy, so our interests and our passions. We each come into the world with this inner possibility. This would be unique gifts and interests. The trick, however, when it comes to purpose is aligning these with the third element, which is a need in the world. The need in our world can change over time. So while we can be passionate and well-skilled at something, there may be little need for it, and in that way, it could be hard for that to feel purposeful. And it's this third area of meeting a need, this is where we connect to the whole. Our purpose connects us to a higher good. We're not useful if what we're doing only matters to us. This doesn't mean that we don't have times when we experience pleasure, but that's different than purpose. The idea of purpose has been considered paramount by many traditions over time. I'll share some religious as well as secular examples. In yoga tradition, there is an emphasis on living out one's dharma, And so dharma, in this regard, is our unique vocation or calling. Everyone is considered to have their own, and to pursue this is considered a sacred duty. It is felt that not attempting to bring forth one's dharma leads to confusion and being paralyzed by doubt. One will drift and be distracted. And with this, returning to one's dharma return someone to a sense of peace and grounding. To quote Stephen Cope, whose book I'll list as a resource, he says, Yogis believe our greatest responsibility in life is to this inner possibility and that every human being's duty is to utterly, fully, and completely embody his or her own dharma. This can feel like a lamp flashing on and off in the mind. This idea of flashing on and off can be as if there's a bad connection at times, and anyone who is seeking or in pursuit of their purpose will attest to this, that it's not necessarily a constant, but something that we keep returning to. The Jewish tradition, to quote Rabbi Zusha, when the day comes that I must account for my life, God will not ask me, why weren't you Moses? Rather, God will ask, why weren't you Zusha? In the Christian Bible, Peter chapter 4, verse 10, 
As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. And again, this sort of points to the idea that this isn't such an easy thing. It takes insight, it takes thoughtfulness to be able to do this effectively. And perhaps the most jolting, which comes from the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas, and which really emphasizes how imperative purpose is, the quote is, If you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. If you don't bring forth what is in you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. The North Star has long been a symbol of purpose. For thousands of years, the North Star has been considered a guiding light for navigators and travelers in the Northern Hemisphere. This is because the North Star always points to the North, just like a landmark or sky marker that helps in determining direction. The North Star is actually called that because it is located almost exactly above the North Pole. And as the Earth spins on its axis, all stars seem to circle around this point while the North Star appears fixed. So think of it as being something that's unchangeable and a constant. And it's because of this idea of it being constant and being a source of direction that it has become associated with life's purpose. In the business world, you'll hear referenced the why. And this was made popular by Simon Sinek. And he's someone in the leadership and business world whose work is focused on the why. And he would say that we all have things that we do and we have ways that we do those things that ultimately it's the why that carries us forward. So while I treat patients and do consultations and I create this podcast and there's ways that I go about doing those activities, it's the why that keeps me going. And the why is the belief that by doing these things, I will help someone move closer to healing or thriving. Another person in the business world that uses different language is Seth Godin. And he's less focused on passion and finding that magical, elusive fit in the future and is more focused on how we can matter exactly where we are in this moment while still moving forward. And I'll talk more about this. So to put this in the perspective of right and left hemispheres, which I've talked about in previous podcasts, I would say that when we are in our left hemisphere, we are focused on the activities that we do and how we go about doing them. But when it comes to purpose, I would say this is a very right hemisphere consideration. We really are thinking about what is the bigger picture of what we're doing. Before I talk about how we can find our purpose, I'd just like to comment first on what is not purpose. So instead of aligning gifts and interest with a need, if instead we are focused, as our culture would have us, on getting more attention, getting fortune, and essentially feeding our ego 
While this may bring some short-term pleasure, it's not the same as meaning that comes from doing something out of a sense of purpose. This focus on achievement and acquisition starts very young, um, long before high school. And in fact, if you ask children three things that they want or what they want to be, many, if not most nowadays, would say they want to be wealthy, um, they want to be famous, and this is not the same as having a purposeful direction. So even if we just consider high school, where there is an overwhelming focus on taking classes and making good grades to get into a college, that's not moving someone in a meaningful direction if they're not answering for themselves the why, for example. Like, why am I taking these classes? Why do these classes matter? But instead, what can be taught is really a formula for meaninglessness. I do think when we have a vision of why our hard work matters, we have fuel. And when we are loving what we're doing and we're using that to serve others, it won't feel like drudgery and it won't feel like hard work. It will feel like satisfying work. Instead, it will feel like flow. Flow is when we are deeply immersed in an activity and all of our attention is on that activity and we are deriving pleasure from that. That is something that we could be teaching our high school students. So where and how do we find our purpose? First know that it is arguable that we don't actually find our purpose, but rather that it finds us. We don't have a lot of say in what our abilities and what our passions are that we come into the world with. Nor do we have a say in what the needs of our times are. Our job is to see how we can align the three of these things in a way that is useful. And I would like to emphasize this idea of our time and place and not having to have such a focus on the future. I mean, certainly having a focus on the future is important, but we don't have to only have a focus on the future. And this is why I like the work of Seth Godin, because he is emphasizing that it's important to figure out how we matter right now in our current circumstances. And an excellent example of this is Henry David Thoreau, who wrote Civil Disobedience, not with some lofty long-term goal, but he wrote it related to a local situation for which he was incarcerated for refusing to pay a tax that he thought was unjust. And this essay that he wrote for those very practical reason went on to influence the greatest civil rights leaders of our time, from Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and Nelson Mandela. Thoreau took his gifts, aligned them with a local need, and he did it well. And that was enough. He wasn't imagining or needing to imagine that his essay would impact the lives of millions of people living under unjust laws. He was true to what only he could uniquely bring forth in that situation. Aside from finding our purpose in a need close to us, another place we can find our purpose is within our passion. If we do more of what we love before we know it, we will be finding ways to share that passion 
or to use it to have a positive impact on the world. Another place we may find our purpose is in crisis, a time in our life maybe when we feel forced to see the big picture and when our other perspective and other way of approaching our life isn't working. And this is where many people will find their purpose or meaning in suffering. Harriet Beecher Stowe, who lost a child, developed a deep compassion for women slaves she saw separated from their children. This led her to writing Uncle Tom's Cabin, which transformed public consciousness. So again, here is someone who took their greatest suffering and turned it into their greatest purpose. Lastly, in terms of how we can find our purpose, we can consciously open ourselves to being a conduit of sorts, a conduit of goodness in the world even. If we write, we can force it, or we can invite something to come through us. Call it tapping into the right hemisphere, call it inviting the universe, our soul, or our God to write through us. However we call it, knowing that we are more effective when we are in this receptive mode than when we are grasping, trying to make things happen and make things happen in a certain way can make a big difference. And by effective, I mean aligning ourselves with what is needed in the moment. That openness and flexibility allows us to see opportunities, solve problems, and have a less stressful existence than if we are on this brutal fast track to some predetermined goal. This is counter to what we're taught in our culture. So I've mentioned in a previous podcast the question of what am I called to do in this situation or at this time in my life? And we can also think of it as the universe saying to us, hey, I have something that I need you to do, and really you are the only one who can do it. We all have our own unique callings. They're not better, they're not worse than others, and they change throughout our lives. So how does this mind shift or this aligning of our passions, abilities, and our times impact our health? To summarize what some of the research has shown is that it does actually appear to contribute to a longer life, so longevity. It has been shown to decrease the risk of having a heart attack. It can contribute to fewer symptoms of depression and anxiety, make us less vulnerable to abusing drugs or alcohol, and more able to recover from addiction, more able to recover from trauma. And so with purpose can come a resilience and a greater ability to overcome challenges and bounce back from setbacks. But what about happiness? Does having a sense of purpose impact our happiness? This all depends actually on how you define happiness, which interestingly is something that's debated. Is happiness pleasure alone? Do a meaningful life and a happy life always go together? Well, they don't always necessarily. There is what's called hedonic happiness, and this is happiness that comes from pleasure, or goal fulfillment. The simple pursuit of pleasure or hedonism doesn't necessarily lead to happiness in the long run. Then there is another type of happiness, 
and this is happiness that comes from meaningful pursuits. Those who report more of this type of happiness have been found to have a stronger immune system than those who report having basically the hedonic type of happiness. Another study showed that happiness from meaningful pursuits was also associated with being less reactive to stress, less likely to develop diabetes, higher HDL or good cholesterol, better sleep, and brain activity patterns that were linked to decreased levels of depression. And I would argue that pleasure and meaning can go hand in hand to support one another. So if you are endlessly in pursuit of meaning and purpose and never stopping to smell the roses, enjoy the present, enjoy what you've accomplished and what you have given, then you won't be able to sustain your work. I think for many of us who can lean more in the direction of a strong pursuit of purpose, we have to remember that pleasure is an important part of life and will help sustain us in our work and purpose. So how does purpose impact our actual work? Well, students who were encouraged to consider education as relevant to their life purpose were more likely to try harder in classes that they would otherwise find boring or hard. So again, this can be as simple as a mind shift just a different way of looking at the same thing. Businesses that put purpose at the forefront are not only more enjoyable places to work, but they're also more financially successful in the long run than those that focus on profit. Purpose can also improve our behavior and even impact our habits. We are more likely to have positive behavior when we connect it to serving others for others rather than ourselves. Studies showed hospital workers were 45% more inclined to use good hand-washing hygiene if they were told it would prevent patients from catching disease than if they were told it would be helpful to them. In this way, purpose can drive us towards a healthier lifestyle, getting enough sleep, eating well, getting exercise, and these behaviors can fuel our purpose. They can allow us to do more with what we have to offer. Purpose also makes us more courageous. We are more likely to take risks to put ourselves out there. So there are a number of obstacles that can get in the way of finding and or sticking with our purpose. And the first would be not tending to our inner lives. So not having time to hear ourselves, to hear our longings, to hear our feelings, or to honor our gifts. We have to know ourselves well to align with our purpose. We have to know what we love to do, what matters to us, and what we're good at. So tending to our inner life requires some solitude, simplicity in our life, and silence. If you'd like to give more attention to this particular area in your own life, I have a podcast called Listening to Your Inner Wisdom. Another obstacle, which I would say we're all impacted in various ways and at various times, is distraction. With the rise of internet, cell phones, and various technologies, 
We've never had more between us and our purpose than we do now. And we're simply overloaded with information. And this would be an area that we certainly can work to impact and something I hope to do a podcast on as well. And we can look at how we can simplify, how we can focus on quality rather than quantity of information, and how we can even use the practice of simplifying things like emails, social media accounts, or whether we even have social media accounts, to really repeatedly ask ourselves, does this matter? Does this fit with what I value in my life? So this could be unsubscribing to emails, subscriptions, limiting the number of people we follow on social media if we are on social media. Another common obstacle is thinking that we have to get somewhere first, that we have to be ready, that we have to be perfect, that we have to be fully baked and have all of our credentials to maybe even be enlightened. And none of those things are ever going to happen, especially if we're not living a purposeful life in the present. So when we do this, put off our purpose, we are more in the mindset of the ego or the self as opposed to thinking of a higher good. We all have endless gifts to offer right now, even as we work to perhaps gain more skill and knowledge that can help us with our purpose in the future. And with this, sometimes we simply don't know where to start. So I refer back to the example of Thoreau, who started where he was, and to suggest thinking about your life right now and what the needs are around you. In fact, to quote Thoreau, he said, the best place for each is where he stands. Another obstacle can be thinking we have to find one purpose or the perfect purpose that's completely aligned. And I think it's important to recognize that we change, our interests change, the needs of those around us and the world change, and that if we can be flexible and not be so concrete and exact on this, it's more likely that our purpose or purposes will start to show up. And with this, we can also have a fear to commit to something and then feel that if we commit to a purpose, then we can't do something else. And I think that idea can hold people back. You might, for example, be a great cook, and when someone is in crisis in your neighborhood, you prepare meals for them. Your commitment may be brief. You still have a sense of purpose, however, and are still serving but you may not be committed to doing this for everyone in the neighborhood on an ongoing basis. Or maybe such an act leads you to figure out how you could continue to align these skills and your passion for cooking and a need in your community. Maybe you open a pay-as-you-can restaurant and that becomes a driving force in your life. My point is we don't have to limit ourselves. We can just trust and follow the energy all while meeting our responsibilities and paying our bills. Another obstacle can be thinking we need a pat on the back, applause, or validation for what we are doing. We may feel the culture doesn't place value or status on what we perceive as our purpose. Again, if we're needing that pat on the back or the applause, 
then we're serving ourselves. And we need to determine if what we are doing is of value and not leave that determination up to others. We may feel drained by our pursuit of purpose, and often this is when we are grasping for an outcome, when we feel things should work out a certain way, when we feel we have to fix a problem. We may feel that the problem that we want to impact is too vast, and that could hold us back. Again, that is more about us than about service. There are endless ways to impact the lives of those around us and those within our reach. What a shame it would be if no one did anything about mass violence because everyone was thinking it was just too big of a problem to impact. Our physiology can also impact our purpose, and this could be subtle. There can be low-grade fatigue, low motivation, some low-grade brain fog or poor focus, and these can creep up on us slowly, There's a number of ways this can happen that I've discussed in previous podcasts. For example, zinc deficiency that comes on naturally with part of the aging process. It could be mold toxicity that creeps up on those of us who are susceptible. It could be high copper, pyrroles, really any of the root causes to brain-related symptoms. If perfectionism is holding us back, that could be related to undermethylation. So I have previous podcasts on pyrroles, high copper, undermethylation, and mold toxicity. I do think that when we find meaning in how we are spending our time, we want to optimize our time. We want to make it easier to go to bed, to eat well, to exercise, and to have that morning routine that serves our purpose. So it really goes both ways. If we have our physiology working well, then it's easier to pursue our purpose. But also, when we have a purposeful mindset, it's easier to put in these lifestyle factors that support our health. I liken our relationship to purpose to our relationship to others. So not feeling worthy or feeling that what we have to offer could matter can be related to that, but the trick is that once we actually start doing something and living in a purposeful manner, then feelings of worthiness naturally follow. We just have to start, however small. Do something nice for a neighbor. Smile at someone. Offer to help someone. And keep going, and before you know it, your purpose will be finding you. The last obstacle I'll mention is all-or-none thinking. We can all do the best we can and have some self-compassion. If I decided I couldn't do these podcasts, if I couldn't do them religiously every week, then there would be no podcast. I, like everyone, has other aspects of my life that come up. My family, my practice, my home... I know that I won't reach as many people if I don't publish a podcast every single week, but there is more to my life. For me, these podcasts are meaningful. They align my knowledge, interest, and what I perceive as a need. But for me to offer these, I have to have a degree of flexibility and self-compassion and trust that I will reach whomever I need to reach. I try to live in the paradox of both commitment and flexibility, The same holds true with my morning routine, 
with my exercise routine and with my meditation practice and so forth. I'm going to give some questions that I think can help us hone in on our purpose. And these are things you might consider journaling on or taking a walk and just thinking about. So the first would be, what lights me up? What energizes me? What do I like to think about? Other questions would be, what do I know that others don't? What can I do that is not easy for others? What is it that only I can uniquely bring forth? What is a perspective that I can bring that is not being considered? We might ask, what would my very closest friends say about me? How does our relationship change how they see the world? My life is most fulfilling when... What is a need in the world that aligns with my interests and abilities? What is a need in my family, in my community, in my neighborhood, in my workplace? Other places to start would be to consider looking inward and again, creating this time to hear ourselves. And it could be journaling on some of those questions or even on what an amazing life would look like for us. What would it look like if we were aligning our abilities, interests, and need and a need in the world? We can also start with simply speaking up. We all have a perspective and we all have a need to express ourselves. Sometimes the starting place is to say something that needs to be said or that no one else is willing to say. When we do this, we are inevitably teaching, leading, and creating change. That changes us. It provides fuel and direction towards other ways we might speak up. And if you're having problems with finding your purpose by looking inward, consider who you find inspirational. Notice who you notice. What is it about them that you appreciate? You could probably list three to four people right off that have a quality that you admire. Who we admire tells us more about ourselves than about them. We are projecting part of ourselves that we haven't consciously met. Right now, for myself, I'm inspired by Joy Davidson Gresham Lewis. She is known as the wife of C.S. Lewis, but was a force in her own right. I'm also inspired by Lady Gaga, who has no bounds when it comes to her creativity and her forms of expression. And I'm inspired by a handyman that I recently met, actually on the 4th of July, who works every day of the year. He enjoys what he does and doesn't like how he feels when he takes a day off. He doesn't analyze this. He's not concerned or bothered. He just gets up every day to purposeful work. He doesn't experience his work as drudgery. And there are plenty of us that can benefit from his work. I'm also inspired by my daughter's teen yoga instructor. She is present, joyful, and carries an easy enthusiasm for all that is. Some people put this on. She doesn't. It is who she is. So if I take the attributes of these four people, I can see that part of me is connecting to something in them. There is a resonance. There are attributes within me 
that I might consider bringing forth. And along these lines, we can even look to our ancestors. And remember, these are people who share our genetic makeup and thus are likely to share some of both our passions and our abilities. So if you have the opportunity, you might explore old family documents to see what you can learn. I had the great fortune of coming across in a newspaper clipping from 1863 a song that was actually a rallying song in the Civil War written by my great-great-great-grandfather who was a Union soldier and doctor who died at the age of 38. And it read, Our glory shall shine as a star on the sea. And it goes on. But I especially like that line because it makes me think about the North Star. And though he's the only ancestor I know of who was also a physician, he also had within him, and what I would say I have within me, is an archetype of a writer. And though that wasn't either of our primary work, that writer archetype would carry through six generations of my family. We all have archetypes, more than one. You may have within you the healer, the advocate, the scientist, the artist, the clown, the builder, the leader, the pioneer, just to name a few. So we shouldn't be surprised when these passions run through generations, not unlike facial features seen in old photographs. So I hope if I leave you with anything from this podcast, it's that when you're in doubt, when you're feeling lost, when you're feeling like you don't have direction in your life, or you're feeling sad or even anxious, consider returning to your purpose or seeking out your purpose. This can be that North Star. This can be that constant that thing that is always there waiting for us to return. It can be a way to ground ourselves and to bring us back into why we're here. Two resources that have been and continue to be especially helpful to me are both by Stephen Cope. The first is The Great Work of Your Life, A Guide for the Journey to Your True Calling, And the other is the Dharma in difficult times, finding your calling in times of loss, change, struggle, and doubt. If you know someone you think can benefit, someone who might be struggling at the moment, consider sharing this. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, please consider subscribing at my website, CourtneySnyderMD.com, where I also share information about root causes to brain-related symptoms. And if you would like to engage and help me get this information out into the world, I am on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and always welcome questions and topic suggestions. Until we connect in a future podcast, take care. Bye-bye.